Welcome to episode 153. It seems like life has gone from zero to 100 miles an hour in the life of the church over the last couple of weeks. What does that mean for the people we're trying to reach? What does it mean for the opportunities that are coming up? That's what we're talking about today on The Reclaimed Leader. Welcome to The Reclaimed Leader, a podcast by two pastors trying to lead their churches through revitalization and change. Their mission, to share their journey with you so it might help you in yours. And now, here, please welcome our hosts, Jason Tucker and Jesse Skiffington. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 153 of the Reclaim Leader, Equipping Churches for Turnaround Change. I am Jason Tucker here with Jesse Skiffington. How's it going, Jesse? I'm doing well, Jason. You did a great job. Guys, it is really hard to change your tagline after 140-something episodes. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Anyway, you, someday we'll share some outtakes of us trying to get it right at the beginning of the year. But, That's right. Uh, anyway, uh, doing well, Jason. Hope everybody listening. Hope you all are doing well as we head, for better or worse, into the fall of 2020. One last quarter to go. Who knows what that will bring with it? Um, pretty much, it's been the most unpredictable year in in, uh, in my lifetime, certainly. And so probably imagine a lot of years as well. And that's, of course, impacting all of our churches and our leadership. And so, uh, you know, we're here to talk some more about how do we navigate through this time and how do we lead in the midst of uncertainty and keep ourselves charged up. And so I'm really looking forward to our conversation today, Jason. Yeah, today we're talking about opportunity. You know, what is the opportunity that God has for us in this moment, in this season? I know a lot of people are talking about it. We've been talking about it, but Again, we just try to keep taking at different angles. We're hoping that this will help you because it seems like every week we're we're all kind of working a different angle than we were the week before. It feels like once we hit September, once school started and life started to kind of reopen, I don't know about you, Jesse, it felt like I went from zero to 100 very quickly. Sure. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you were talking about kind of opportunity knocks. Well, let me, opportunity floods is kind of what the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. the reality is, you know, is we're kind of looking back at re-engaging in a lot of things and, and everybody that's been sort of waiting anxiously to kind of get their thing going again, man, it's, uh, it's been fascinating to watch not only in our own staff team and our, our church, but just in our community around us. Um, yeah. Fascinating. And things are still changing. Our, our school system here in Tacoma has changed their mind four times in the last two weeks about how, what they're doing and how they're going to do it. Cause stuff is still really dynamic, really fluid. So it, even as we do reopen, there's still a lot to navigate. Well, same with us. I feel like, so we had a leadership team, team meeting on Tuesday and we kind of navigated what the initial plan is, is we're talking about reopening for indoor in-person worship. We've been doing outdoors, but even since then the plans changed significantly. And, and it's like, how do I even keep up? It, it's yeah. definitely exhausting, but yeah. it, it's also true that because I'm so overwhelmed at times, I kind of jump between doing okay and being overwhelmed um, with all of the details. It's easy to forget that, that the most important thing I still need to be spending my time on is, is the actual message, not the method. I, I need to focus on, writing that sermon and praying and counseling people and doing the things that I'm supposed to really be doing according to my giftedness, you know, yeah, totally. And, yeah. and it's easy to get lost on the other stuff. Absolutely. And there's some things, you know, again, one of the leadership things that we've talked about and hopefully everyone listening, we know this 
is that there are some things that only you can do as the senior leader, as the, you know, you're the one who kind of leads the message and the messaging. You're the one who can get your heart ready for that message. Um, Nobody else can do that for you. And yet you said, you know, you're talking about getting lost in the details. And I think one thing I noticed in a big way over the last six months is a lot more details and to do type things ended up on my plate, just kind of out of necessity in this virtual season. And now I, I got to figure out how to push some of those things back out to really capable volunteers and staff members so that I can refocus on what is the core of my role. And man, I think we're, a lot of us are facing that right now, trying to figure out, especially as we kind of move toward reopening and the onslaught of details that are coming with that. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it, right? So we all had to figure out how to be video producers and, you know, online streamers and, Uh, We had to figure out a lot of things so quickly. And now we have to sort of untangle that stuff and make sure that we're handing some stuff off. And that's probably another episode. But I think in the meantime, you know, how do we pay attention to the opportunity that's in front of us without missing this window, which there are some really amazing possibilities that our churches can take advantage of during this season, but you never know how long it's going to last. But I feel like sometimes I'm not, I don't know, I'm not always listening for the opportunity. Sure. And and sometimes it's accidental and sometimes it's on purpose. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, watching the Raider game on Monday night, which by the way, the Raiders are two and oh, and I'm going to enjoy every second. First time, has that been like 10, 20 years since you've been two and oh? I don't even know. Well, sadly, they did it four years ago, and then they lost four or six straight or something like that. That's when Derek Carr got injured (laughs) or something. So, you know, anyway, so, but when I'm watching the game, my kids have not quite learned. My wife definitely has learned. My kids have not quite learned. Don't try to have a deep conversation with dad in the middle of the game. I'm simply not paying attention. Yeah. I am all in on what's in front of me. And <laughs> I mean, there have been some funny stories of what's come up or me saying yes or no to in, in the Yeah, moment. sure. But, yeah. It's but, a good time to ask dad. If you, that's that's yeah, right. right. Yeah. The point is I'm, I'm super distracted. Yeah. And so I think it's not that I don't want to hear what they have to say. I'm just accidentally ignoring because I'm distracted on something else. I feel like that's one category of my life as a pastor where sure. I'm distracted by something else in front of me. And I'm not listening for the opportunity that's coming my way. Or it's more like when I was a kid and I was swimming at my friend's house, my mom would show up. And the second she showed up, you know what I did? Go <laughs> underwater, man. Go underwater. That's right. That's it. Jason, time to go underwater. Yeah. I mean, I can't hear you. It must have been so painful. By the time I got out of the pool, she was so angry. Yeah. Because I wanted to delay it as long as possible. And I feel like that's the other experience I've been having where sometimes I know there's opportunity there, but I just, not right now. Going under. I don't want to know. Yeah. Yeah. And you're trying to make your way through it. How do you stay afloat? I mean, I don't want to get carried away with the swimming analogy here, but yeah, I mean, because really we've been under so much pressure. There's been a lot of stress uh, as we navigate navigated through this season. So to think about opportunities, it sounds like work. It sounds like stress. It sounds like all those things that, man, do I really have to engage in that way? But if we're, you know, as leaders, I think that's really where we ultimately are invigorated is around ideas and innovations and uh, opportunities. So um, we don't want to miss it, even though there's something in us right now that's wanting to kind of either inadvertently we're missing it or just want to plug our ears and kind of 
do the la 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 thing. I can't hear you. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So I think that's number one on this. You know, how do we take advantage of the opportunities that God's placing before us? How do we listen? The thing is, we got to be prepared to listen. That's that's the number one. Is we have to be in the right place to even start thinking about this stuff. And what do I mean? I mean, for a lot of us, and I know some pastors out there that are feeling this right now, is you feel like you've lost your ministry edge. It feels more like you're surviving. You're you're very far away from thriving. What I noticed in myself is I realized that I've been pouring out a lot of teaching content for, you know, we're doing this on the podcast every week and I'm talking with churches and that's all been awesome. I've loved every minute of it. But I've also realized I haven't really had continuing education opportunities, you know, since February. And I need to really dial in and find some good content just to get my brain thinking in a different direction, just to reinvigorate me. And I wonder how many of us are all feeling that because all of our usual continuing ed stuff has gone by the wayside. And we're just, it's like slogging it out, slogging it out. It's not decision, 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 pouring out content. But are we allowing ourselves to be poured into right now? Sure. Yeah. I think that's a big challenge. And truthfully, I've noticed in, in my own preparation for messages and all those things that the rhythms and patterns I had that kind of spread that out. And I felt really good about longer term planning. And we've talked about some of the 631 stuff here before. All of that has compressed over those last, uh, these last six months to where I really, and I hate to even say this, but I'm kind of week to week on my messages now. And that's the place where I, I hadn't been before. And I felt really good about where our team was in preparing and looking out ahead. And so I think that's, that's one of those signs to me that who I'm, I'm right on the edge of, of sort of the Saturday night special and I don't want to get there, but it's close. And, and I wonder if part of like what you're mentioning here, you know, we've been pouring out and, and doing so many new behaviors and, and things that we need to take some time to recharge. We talk about that a lot, but what do I need to do to recharge when I'm feeling like that ministry edge is going? Because you know, there's kind of two options. One is hang it up and walk away. Or figure out a way to be recharged and be reinvigorated and go for it. Um, we, you don't want to walk down that middle road where you're just hanging on by a thread. That's that's no way to live, right? Yeah. Yeah. So at least for me, I've always responded well to academics or like a new teaching. That's so dorky, so, dude. I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know. But, you know, so I'm, I'm looking at what are some different opportunities I could just engage myself in because it does something to me. It, it helps me. Yeah. Put in some work I wouldn't put in otherwise and think about, you know, make those new connections in my brain. Totally. Yeah. You know, in a different way. Yeah. So it kind of fills you back up. It, it, yeah. it get, re-engages a different part of your heart and your mind and uh, yeah, in a refreshing way for sure. Yeah. But, and, and for some people, I think in order to get into a place where your head's not underwater, you're not distracted on something else is that maybe you need to, to truly to get away. And to take a break. Maybe you need to go, you know, just rent out a little cabin overnight and just go find a place to just be at peace and think and pray. And I know people feel like they don't have time to do that. And truly, you don't have time not to do that. You've you've got to find a way to recharge your batteries quick because newsflash, it's not slowing down. Yeah. I mean, by the time we get through this first six, eight weeks of this new kind of reopening phase, we're going to be in the Advent. Yeah. 
Like it's not slowing down. Yeah, Christmas music is coming soon. It's it is. It ready, is. Right? Yeah. So we all got to recharge our batteries quick, and we know that we don't we don't do the recharging. The Lord does it, and so whatever whatever your way is of being recharged, you need to just tackle that to the ground right now. I think. Yeah. Um, so that you could be ready to listen and to kind of seize the opportunity. Yeah. Well, and you before we hit record, we were talking about how do you know if it if and when it's time to to quit. I don't know if quit's the right word, but maybe to to take a significant break from ministry or just try, you know, maybe it's time to move out of the position you're in or something. I, I wonder if a lot of pastors and leaders are just feeling like, I don't know if I'm the one to do this anymore. I'm feeling I'm, I'm running out of steam. I'm out of ideas. Um, and what do we do with that? It, because should we be listening to that voice right now? Um, I don't know. What's your sense of that, Jason? We kind of kicked that around a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the answer is yes, we should. We should confront that voice. We should pay attention to it because if you ignore it, it's just going to grow. But I think you, I think in order for all of us to move forward, we need to kind of get our heads around that question a little bit. So a friend of mine who also recently their church uh, became a client was talking about, it feels like we all became interim pastors because we're making these decisions that are these hard kind of shifting sort of decisions. And I don't know if I'm the one who's going to take us to where I think we need to go. I don't know if I have that in me. I don't know if that's going to be me. It might be. I'm not really sure. I don't know if I'm cut out for it. I mean, think on some of, we're all thinking like, oh my gosh, are we, is our voice still the one the Lord's going to use here? No matter how many times somebody quotes Esther to us, you know, God put you in position (laughs) for such a time as this. I'm like, I don't know about that. Right. Really? Um, But I think, if that's you, if you're thinking that, and and there is something to pay attention to, maybe God is calling you in a new direction. And it may be that you're sharing an experience that so many of us are are having of this sense of maybe our own, not if, if not inadequacy, just the reality that this is a huge leadership challenge. And it feels like, man, maybe I'm not up for it. That's a legitimate response to a big adaptive uh, leadership challenge. So um, I wonder though, if it's one of those things where, you know, hit the pause button on that a little bit right now, go try to get recharged, get kind of rejuvenated if you can. And, and wait till things kind of, I don't know, after Christmas, I don't know when, but find a time when it, when it's not as crazy, when you can go, okay, let me stop and, and ask that question. Now, I think in yeah. the middle of the crisis is probably not the right time to evaluate your calling. Cause all of us are going to go, I'm, I'm not up for this. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. It's kind of like when you're, you're in the middle of hypothetically, because this never happens to me. If you're yeah, in this the middle of an happen. argument yeah. with your spouse. Yeah. That never happens. Um, <laughs> don't, don't decide what the rules of the argument are going to be in the middle of the argument. Sure. Like this is not the time to be thinking. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you're just not in the right headspace for it. And so it's kind right. of the same thing. It's like, yeah, I mean, in the, out. in the heat of the moment is not the right time when emotions are clouding your judgment and all that stuff. So, you know, I've been thinking about in, uh, I was trying to figure out how to use this illustration, Jason. So if it doesn't work, it's totally fine. But <laughs> I used to play Nintendo way back in the day and, uh, no friend. No, that's what we used no, to call it. Yeah. Yeah. No and it, yeah. And it would not work. Right. You had to blow out the games and like put them back in and like bang the machine and all that stuff. And I feel like it, I'm kind of like, it's a little bit like that. Like I'm trying to, I just need, like somebody's got to hit the reset button. It's like a hard reset. I kind of need to, 
to get back to some of the core basics of, of my, my own relationship with God, with, you know, some of those habits and disciplines that bring me life. And we were all hanging on for, for four or five, now six months. And now like, we got to find a way to thrive in the circumstance that we have and not just survive the moment. And so for me, it's kind of that hard reset, you know, let's blow the game out. Let's get going. We're going to make it. Let's, let's start playing again. I, that, I love, can, can I don't know. Say, I just, I love that that analogy. Yeah. Well, I don't know fantastic. if it actually makes sense or not, but <laughs> it made sense to me. Oh, good. Perfect sense. And so, so this kind of segues into the next point. So one thing is being in a place where you feel like you're ready to start tackling the opportunity. Yeah. And this has a lot to do with what's going on inside of you. Yeah. And, and you got to be recharged. If you're not going to totally. plug your ears and do that you, you, it, for opportunity to come along, you got to be ready for it. You got to have the energy for it. Yeah. So then what is the opportunity? I think yeah. then the next thing is if we are doing a hard reset, what are the things that we're going to start focusing on to, to work on what's our strategy in this area? And usually, usually when I have consulted with churches and what we have talked about for years and what I've done in my church has been, who are we trying to reach? Mm-hmm. And who are we trying to reach is always the first question over the who are we trying to keep, right? Hopefully. We, yeah, that's a, right. Yeah. Who are we trying to reach? Who are the people who are not currently part of our faith community who we want to get here? And so how does that shape in that, our strategy? I think it's a little bit different now. Yeah. I think it kind of begins with who are we trying to reach inside the church or who are we trying to re-reach as we start to reopen uh, without, and we don't ignore the fact that we're still trying to reach people who aren't in our community, but I think- right at least at first in reopening, I think it does have a lot to do with how are we going to re-reach our own people who have become disengaged from the life of the church over the last six months? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Sort of that re-reach, um, you know, in some ways before the pandemic, we would have said that sort of in-reach or like navel-gazing or making your church all about the people that are already there, like that's the wrong thing to do. Um, yes. In fact, and for a lot of churches, it's a massive struggle and we got to shake ourselves out of that in reach. That's, that's not our mission. right? But in this moment, as we're kind of coming back, what I hear you saying is that, that this re-reach and kind of treating some of the folks that we were trying to help re-engage, treating them as, as if they're guests again and thinking of them in that way. How do we help them take those steps back into community, back into a growing faith and engaging with the things that we are about as a congregation. I think it's an excellent, I think it's an excellent question. Well, and I think it's, so for example, what, what, what exactly do I mean? Well, I think, you know, we're doing a lot of changes. All of us are, and we've made a lot of changes, especially to our things like online content. And it's also a good time to make changes you know, we've made a lot of changes here because the building has been closed. And so we've been able to do a lot of things in the building to make some changes and things like that. But we better make sure that as we're inviting people back, that it's recognizable. Yeah. You know, our folks who have been such a part of our community, many of them for decades, we better give them some mac and cheese. Yeah. Right. We better yeah. give them some comfort food. And it doesn't right. mean you have to do everything the same. You probably won't, but it's got to be recognizable. It's got to be digestible. It's got to yeah. be something where they come and they're like, oh man, it's so good to be back. Yeah. Be- yeah. Because they, they need that. They really do right now. Yeah. And and, and that's, yeah. I think that's the part of leadership where maybe for you and I, Jason, that, that, that pastoral sense is yeah. not our, our native 
operation as a leader, right? So we kind of got to go to pastor mode a little more in this season, I think, to, to kind of wrap our arms around our congregation and go, you are, you know, yeah, let's, let's be a family together again. How are we going to do this? And um, I was just, before we uh, came on here, I, I was meeting with somebody who was sharing with me just how, how this is the longest stretch in their life where they have not attended a church service in person. And, and it's been really hard and online. They appreciate the effort, but it's just not the same. And when we've met outside for outdoor worship, it, it's okay. But with the masks and social distancing, it's just still, you know, all this stuff. And there were just, it was really a lament and a, um, not a complaint. It was just, I, I miss it. I'm, I'm sad. And so what I hope when we do gather back and kind of re-engage in person over time, that there will be enough of that familiar uh, that will be a source of comfort and encouragement to, uh, to people like uh, this uh, woman I was visiting with. It's just the sweetest lady, right? We need yeah. to be that family again and give them that, what you call the mac and cheese. I like that. Just, just give them, give them what is going to bring comfort and um, restoration, I guess, in, in some ways. Yeah. So, so here's an example. Let's say that your church has a traditional only service uh, hymns and choir. Then you decide now's the perfect time to launch a more contemporary service or a blended service. And you decide, you know what, you know what, for the first couple of weeks, we're just not going to have any organ music. You know, I, that's a tactical mistake. I think in this season, I think it's, I think it's more of what Stan Ott always says, bless and add, bless and add. So make sure the folks are kind of getting the mac and cheese right now. If you decide to make a bigger sort of, you know, strategic change later, that's all well and good. I think for now though, it's just making sure that you are, um, you know, again, reaching, re-reaching those people who are already. And reaching wide within your own congregation. Right. And um, I think there's what I would guess too. I mean, I I don't want to just put words in people's mouths, but when we're honoring people kind of across the generations and styles within the church, I think that also has a good feeling for, for people, even if it's not their style, there's a tolerance right now for, for that, because we, we want to love each other and serve each other as we're, as we're gathering back as a family. So I think you're right. A big tactical shift right now, even if it's, the right long-term move might not be perceived well, certainly by those who are impacted by it and lose what they loved, but maybe even by some of the people in your congregation that love those people aren't saying, why would you change that on them right now? That's just, yeah. 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 So, well, and church revitalization is about buy-in in so many ways. It's about getting buy-in from the congregation. You will lose your buy-in if right now you, you have some sort of huge seismic shift in the way that you've been a church together and, you know, done worship and things like that. So you just need to make sure you're not unnecessarily alienating the very people who you're counting on to move the mission forward. Now, if you were on a trajectory towards some of those changes and now's the time to implement some of that stuff and it's not a brand new concept, I mean, there's exceptions to all of this, but for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I love what you're saying. And, um, and so what are the opportunities for the people that we're trying to reach? I think a, a big thing that can be leveraged here is the fact that people are really craving community. You know, even our young families who are the busiest right now because school started again in one way or another, whether hybrid, online, or all in. Yep. Uh, sports have started to open up again. My son is doing football practice twice a week. He's got baseball three times a week. It feels very normal um, out here, and see, it's because New Jersey's cases have, are still you know way down, and things are good, and things are just opening up more. High school sports are starting, wow. and so. 
you know, in this environment, though, there's still not a lot of social interaction between these young families, right? So there, there aren't the same like dinner parties and hangouts and play dates and sleepovers and, you know, whatever it is. And so we see a real opportunity to, to leverage that, allow the Lord to leverage that pain point for the church to step in and offer some community opportunities. And so that's, that's kind of how we're thinking. I think that's one of the opportunities we're getting our heads around uh, right now. But I think yeah. just as an example, I think community is one of them for us. Yeah, that's good. And, and so, sort of another way of asking that question is, what are you uniquely positioned for right now? How, you know, in, in your particular life as a congregation, how can you serve and love people in your community? What, what can you do to, um, to come alongside folks as they're navigating this particular moment right where you are? I mean, out here in the Northwest, we're, numbers are down, but we're still on the very conservative side on the reopening process. And so there's not a lot of kids sports going on right now. They're starting to a little bit, um, but there's not a whole lot. All schools are all still online. Only for unless they're a private school or something. So there's a lot of room and even an appetite to safely gather in known groups, right? So how do we take? How do we leverage that? And um, I, I love what Andy and Katie, our, our youth department, are doing here. They've they've just gone way out of the way to create in-person, safe, socially distanced mask wearing events because that's how we roll in the Northwest. Uh, outside, under tarps, under canopies. Um, you know, it's already raining out here in Washington, so you know you got to do it that way. But kids are coming in numbers we've never seen before because there's not a lot competing for their time and attention and they're starved for in-person interaction with each other. And it turns out the church is one of the few places their parents are okay with them going to be around <laughs> other people. So, you know yeah. what, so that's our situation. You've guys got your thing going and, and you listening in your, your church, your congregation is uniquely positioned for something an opportunity to, uh, to serve and love people right now. What is it? What's that opportunity? Yeah. So if, if for the people who are trying to re-reach, it's some of those things that getting reconnected, re, yeah. you know, community back to us, then what about those people who are not part of your church? What do they need? Well, if I'm a guest right now, there's a few things that are a must. So I need, I need to feel safe coming to your church, you know, that you are taking precautions and following protocols. I need to be inspired. I I'm coming because I, I'm hoping for something I can't get by staying home and watching on, on my computer yeah. yep. or my phone. Yeah. Yeah. I want a moment of transcendence. I want a moment of connection. And so how do we offer this yeah. to our folks when they're coming in? I mean, I think that's the other opportunity, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's really wise. And I don't know how many guests are going to be coming in, but I've been surprised in our in-person worship events that a number of people have come up with their mask. I could barely, you just see their eyes and they're like, hi, my name's so-and-so. I've been watching online. I'm new. Um, just wanted to say thank you or, you know, whatever, some version of that. There are guests, there are new people uh, that we're reaching in this, in this virtual season that now are going to want to come in person and have an experience of something. And uh, just something that's really, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm preaching through Galatians right now. So I'm a little bit into the Paul and, you know, grace and all this stuff, you know, all these uh, what's going on, but this idea has just been imprinted on me right now that the gospel is the power of God for salvation. Right. And Paul says that in Romans. And, and I go, so my job kind of coming back to the Mac and cheese thing is just to, to talk about God's love, his grace, what he's given us in his son, Jesus Christ, and uh, that there's a foundation that we can build our lives on in the midst of uncertainty. And that message, as simple as it is, 
I think it does, I mean, it has power within it, you know, that there's, there's something that people can, can come and, and engage with and go, ah, oh, I, I needed to hear that. One of our folks, um, uh, a woman named Jamie, who's a, uh, works in pediatrics and nursing and just a, she, when we gather, she just, I just, I really needed this. I really mm. needed to be here and be in community. I needed to worship. I needed to hear about God's love for me and for our world. And though I, so I think you're right that it, that is re-reach and that's outreach at the same time. Yeah. So how are we going to do that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, so a lot of pastors are like, okay, well, I don't know, where do I even start? You know, because that feels exhausting. And I think it's just starting with conversations. Start with your elders or your board or your staff leadership. Or if it's just you, if you're a solo pastor, call up another pastor in your denomination, in your area, in your town, and just have some coffee and just start talking through these things. I mean, you can still Mm -hmm. talk with the mask on, right? You can still, how how do we start thinking about it? You get yourself into conversation, I think. And, um, and then some of the ideas will start to emerge. Yeah. And I would say this too, what I've noticed is, um, during the first stretch of the pandemic, a lot of the ideas needed to be mined and a lot of the the tactics and strategies we implemented had to come from my own head or, or at least a a smaller group of people. But this last little bit, I've just really been, I'm okay with it being somebody else's idea generally, but this has been a season where I've just been like, you know what, maybe the, I'm kind of out of ideas. I got to listen for all those ideas from other people. And so that's been refreshing too, to kind of take the pressure off of myself to have all the answers and the ideas. And so that's part of that listening for opportunities thing. You know, there are some really remarkable people that God has put in your congregation on your staff or in your life that you can listen to. And they, they might be the ones with the really good ideas right now. And that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, and then another way of looking at it is, is to really just kind of being very practical about it. Say, okay, these are opportunities. Let's start with what takes the least resources, like (laughs) the least amount of people, the least amount of money. And just start with a couple of those just to get things going. Like, I think, I think the danger here is, okay, here's the opportunity. We got to do everything now. Yeah. Every idea that we have, we got it, and that, and then you'll just get overwhelmed yeah, again, and, and just then get give up. swamped. Yep, yep. And I think too, like we've said, I, I every time we've kind of stepped toward a threshold in the reopening process, at first glance, it feels really intimidating and big and scary. But as we've stepped and walked through it, you go, oh, yeah, that wasn't a, as bad or scary as I thought. Oh, we are able to do that. Wow, we we actually have really capable people and re- reasonable people in our congregation that we can gather safely. And so I think as we've stepped through, you kind of the you kind of go, okay, this this is possible. We can do this. And I think as you try those opportunities and implement an idea, start with that small thing and move, it kind of builds the confidence collectively that we can do this. We are able to do this. And then there's a sense of anticipation about, I wonder what we're going to do next. So got to start somewhere and then build that confidence up. All right. Well, hey, we are rooting and praying for all of you out there. Again, blow the dust off the Nintendo cartridge and hit the reset and (laughs) <laughs> go, go for the opportunity jason what was your game what was your game growing up if you had one? Oh man well i mean super mario brothers of course but then mike okay. tyson's punch out mike tyson's the thing is out, yeah. i only beat him once yeah and i, I just really struggled with mike well because he, he gets in your head it's not even just the right? you, you can get the rhythm down and, and figure yeah. out how to beat him but then you're you're so excited because you made it to yeah. mike tyson and then it's like so much stress yeah. yeah, it's a lot. It's really strong. It was Mega Man games for me. I love Mega Man growing nice. up. That was always my one. Yeah. Anyway. Well played. 
Yeah. All right, folks. Well, hey, I also hope you enjoyed the coffee. The coffee is gone. So everybody got some uh, who wanted some, I hope. And if you double dipped, God bless you. You know, you, you worked the system. <laughs> but right. uh, we just, again, want to thank everybody for listening and joining us on this journey. It's been fun and excited to keep keep talking and continuing. And uh, man, I hope everyone you're feeling encouraged that you're ready to take that opportunity. And please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We love hearing from you and uh, happy to engage Jason or Jesse at reclaimleader.com. Anything else before we sign off for today, Jesse? No, that's it, man. Just glad to have these conversations with you. I always feel like I walk away a little bit more ready for the day in front of me and the, the, the role that I play. And I hope that's true for everybody listening in as well. Thank you for listening to Reclaimed Leader. Join us next time for more insights, interviews, and resources to help you in your leadership journey. 